Take your stinking paws off me, you damn dirty geeks. issue of the three old geeks podcast i am joined once again by my usual cohorts first of all the evil genius the keeper of the inner sanctum keith of keith's comics keith how you doing doing great how about you guys everything good yeah so far so good and i i won't use my joker reference but the man with the hole in his collection (laughs) no i have accepted that oh you've come to terms with it okay well then the clown prince of collecting Brian needs one. How you doing, sir? Uh, not bad, not bad. And I, of course, am the oldest kid sidekick in the book. I am Lance the Kid Psychic, and welcome to another issue. All right, Brian, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to get to the news in a second, but I wanted to share some news of my own. Uh, I tried growing a goatee for the first time in my, you know, 49 years on this planet. Uh, I find myself becoming more evil, so Star Trek was right, and uh, I have thusly shaved it off. So, oh, come on, I think I like Evil Lance. I was starting to like like Taylor Swift. It was just bad. It was <laughs> that's bad. not evil. That's just dumb. <laughs> no, that's evil. That's evil. Uh, you know what? With the, with the lockdown, there's not a ton of news. Uh, things are starting to ship. Uh, I would take a look at uh, what they're shipping. I think that it's uh, there's some interesting choices made by um, by both the big two, but shipping is going to happen. It's starting. Everybody's excited about the uh, the opening of the uh, business. One thing that's not getting talked about a whole lot are the Kickstarters and Indiegogos. Kickstarter is failing. Uh, a couple years ago, they got in a comics gatekeeper who decided that they wanted to. Um, really block a lot of people that they found well that weren't part of their clique really is what happened and so what i I don't know i think uh dynamite has a frank cho red sonia cover this they made thirty four thousand dollars on it so far well you know and uh and todd mcfarland just released uh a redo of spawn one with this with a toy yeah and uh made over a million on kickstarter but still kickstarter is down they just laid off 40% of their workforce, including that comics gatekeeper. I don't want to get into a whole lot of politics, so I'm trying not to. I think um, a lot of it's gone over to GoFundMe. But a lot of it's gone to Indiegogo. And GoFundMe. So, like, uh, I know there's a lot of comic stores who now are in GoFundMe to try to stay alive. Well, a lot of comic shops are, yeah. yeah. And there, there's other things, too. And restaurants. and yeah. But as far as crowdfunding comic books, uh, the big place uh, really is Indiegogo. Uh, Sean Gordon Murphy just released his first, and he was up to eighty-eight thousand in less than two hours, or in less than twenty-four hours. Uh, Ethan Van Scriver has done well over two million with just a few of his books. It's worth checking out. They just had for those of you who are fans, uh, that Star Wars girl did a Vampirella cover that they put on Indiegogo. That did very well. I don't know who that Star Wars girl is. Well, you should look her up, because she's cute as shit. <laughs> well, that's all it takes. <laughs> no, and actually, she's, uh, she does pretty well. Again, I don't want to get into the politics of a thing. The bigger news is coming out of Star Wars. 
with the Mandalorian season two castings. Katie Sackhoff as Bo Katan, my girlfriend, just been uh, just been put on. Uh, Tim Morrison, who played uh, <laughs> who played uh, Boba Fett uh, and Jango Fett <laughs> in the prequels, has been cast as Boba Fett. He's also been cast as Captain Rex. So they're bringing Captain Rex in from Clone Wars. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which is just uh, unbelievably exciting. For those of you who follow the lore, Captain Rex was on Endor. So we know he survived. We know he survived after Clone Wars. Uh, We know he survived after Rebels. Because he was on that show, too. So, how fun that they're going to bring those characters in. Uh, Those two. Boba Fett and Captain Rex will have small parts. So they're not... We're not looking at a Boba Fett... Uh, extended play on on it but uh, ahsoka tana will be for a few episodes so that for me is so very exciting and if they bring in sabine wren uh that would just be a kick in the ass of course those are rumors nothing is but but those that's the big news is is really the mandalorian and what they're doing uh there may be an ahsoka um series in the works which excites the hell out of me Outside of that, uh, that's what I got. Oh, I was going to throw in there that you can't do a space western without the uh, throwing in the guy who has done all the great modern westerns, uh, Timothy Oliphant. They justified. Just, uh, justified. Oh! Uh, uh, Deadwood. Deadwood. Okay. Uh, he was in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. Uh, I, I'm so the more the more stuff that I hear out of uh, out of Hollywood with reg- regards to the Mandalorian season two, uh, the more I excited I'm getting. Yeah, it's uh, well, I, season two's done. I think. Yeah, no, I I think it's it's in post production now, yeah. and I think they're just doing the special effects and whatnot. So, all right, so that's the news. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! All right, so. Keith recommends comics to people all the time, and he recommended one to to us. So we're gonna do a, a book club review, if you will, the Three Old Geeks book club review. Uh, Where's our wine? Oh. I, I cannot stand Chardonnay. So anyway, uh, we're doing a. I cannot stand Chardonnay. <laughs> Give me Pinot Noir. (laughs) Anyways, Keith uh, recommended a comic for all of us to read. Uh, It's called Midnight Nation. It was written by Michael Straczynski of Babylon 5 fame. He has a couple of comics to his credit. Wrote the Thor movie. Wrote the Thor movie. And art by... um, Did he? He was in it, too. Oh, he was? Yeah. Oh, during the hammer. He was the fat guy. He was. He was the guy that found the hammer in the middle. (laughs) Tried to lift him. The art is by Gary Frank. Pretty famous artist in his own right. Just got off of uh, Doomsday Clock, if I'm not mistaken. He just did, yes. Yeah, it. Uh, if you had to mention that. Well, uh, I mean, he's famous for doing the, the Hulk during the, the Peter Hulk, David he, run, Yeah, he's, he's he's a fantastic artist. He's upper echelon. All right, so basically, this is a and you know I'm not a super huge non superhero comic guy, but it's a non superhero comic. It's more of a supernatural comic. Uh, starts off with uh, LAPD Lieutenant uh, David Gray. Who investigates a murder? In, in, in his investigation, he hears talk of uh, some guys called just the men, and in the course of the investigation, he's attacked by the men, which turn out to be sort of like demons. Yeah. yeah. 
he basically wakes up in a kind of a deserted version of L.A. and he finds out that it is the 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 land of forgotten things or the places where the place where the things ignored go the ignored or things that slip through the the yeah, cracks slip through the cracks yeah, yeah it was and, a uh, good, it's a good concept yeah it's a really good concept and he finds out, finds out that the attack from the men has caused him to lose his soul uh, so he meets the various Denzians of the place kind of in between places and he meets uh, a lady by the name of Laurel. And uh, she basically... She's a hottie. <laughs> and, of course, Brian has to chime in with every attractive woman. But uh, she basically tells him she can she can take him. She has to go to New York to for him to get his soul back. That's where it is. And that's where it is because it is being held by the other guy. Which, and they have to walk. And, yeah, so the place between places, not a lot of cars kind of slip between the cracks, so they have to uh, walk across the, yeah. uh, the distance of the United States from L.A. to New York. Uh, the other guy resides in New York, and it's very obviously supposed to be the devil or the uh, the opposition, if you will. And uh, the story is essentially their their trek across the United States. It takes the course of a year, and over the course of the year, as he starts losing his soul, he becomes more uh, of one of the men. More feral. More yes. demonic, if you will. He uh, kind of falls in love with Laurel along the way. I wouldn't even say kind of. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, he falls in love. Okay, so I won't, I won't codify that. Then he falls in love with Laurel on the way, and they finally get to New York. Uh, basically, the devil says that you know, you've been lied to all your life. That he does the kind of typical, you know, human- he makes a good case. He yes, makes a yes. good case He's- that humanity basically sucks, and if you become one of the men, you never have to worry about anything about being a human being and any of the things that make humanity suck anymore. You're essentially you could do whatever you'd like, and uh, have the freedom. Is how he sells it. Yeah, it's a freedom. freedom. It's yes. the the freedom for being, uh, yeah. you know, a human essentially, yes. and well, with all the frailties of being a human. And he basically says, "You can have your soul back, or you can." And then in the course of this, uh, you find out that Laurel has to sa- is going to be sacrificed. And there's some very you know there's some Christ imagery in this where she is you know crucified for lack of a better term. And he essentially gives up his soul so that uh, Laurel can, and you, you kind of determine that Laurel's an angel. Yes. And that Laurel gets, she's she's kind of gets off this path that she's, and she had, uh, I should have said something, that she's tried this a million times before yes, with she, guys. She's had to do this over and over again. And 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 and, uh, and Gray sacrifices his soul so she gets out of this loop. And he becomes the guy that can walk in between worlds, essentially. And kind of goes back to his sort of life. Is that am I missing something there, Brian? You're kind of no. That's that, he never that, gets his soul back. He never gets no, his soul no, back because no, he gives he, it up, so he yeah. becomes immortal. Yeah, yeah, he becomes immortal. He, he becomes Lazarus forever. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and so uh, it, so all in all, you know, there's some interesting parts of it. I kind of just give that's the 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 bare bones story of it or whatever. Yeah, no, that was good. It was, it was yeah. an interesting read. Spoilers. Well, yeah, well, I'll throw the spoiler alert in front of this or whatever. <laughs> but he just likes doing that. Yeah, there are some interesting aspects to the story. Again, I'm I'm not you know I'm a crime comic guy. I'm not really a comic like this guy. I thought it was okay until I read the afterword, in which Straczynski talks about how this is the story of his life, and that he came up and it sounds like he had a really messed up childhood. Um, he was almost killed. Yeah, it sounds like he was. It almost sounds like he was raising a cult or something like that. And he basically broke away from that, and he broke away from everybody that he ever thought he loved or whatever. And he said he used to walk for 
12 hours at a time in San Diego or something like that, and he's been mugged and he's been almost killed, and he said it took it took these walks to uh, to kind of free his soul. So I thought it was okay until I read that afterwards, and then I thought, man, it, with a deeper it's meaning, deeper, it yeah. really means a lot. <laughs> No, I'm listening. Okay, and I'm well, not trying to step on it. Oh no! And then uh, actually, my favorite part of the comic is is uh, the good reference, and you alluded to it earlier, was Lazarus, who was the, you know, the first person that kind of slipped through the cracks in this place, and it basically said, "Oh yeah, Jesus brought me back to life, and that isn't all, that all well and good?" But then everybody forgot about me, and he basically yeah. sat down. Lost to history, yeah. And he basically just sat down and got lost to history. In, in, the, in the same spot, and that's where so he figured out he he fell into this place between the cracks or whatever. I thought that was really interesting. And the the other part was that he had a he had a, an avenging angel watching over him. So anytime anybody tried to mess with him, they were smoked. What I found interesting about Lazarus is that Jesus brings him back to life, raises him from the dead. That's his big raise him from the dead guy. Yeah. Because he did that, he can't die. Yeah. And he can only die when Jesus comes back. Yeah. So he's been walking through history, waiting for Christ to come back so he'll die, and he keeps watching. Watching. He's everyone. just every yeah. He's always watching the sky. He's waiting for uh, the rapture, so he can die. Yeah. So he can be done with this. But he's also had to sit and watch humanity's meanness to humanity. He's watched anyone he's ever cared about die. It's, yeah, it, I, it, being it's, immortal, the, it's your immortal it's, syndrome. Yeah, yeah. it, it, it kind of it, first. it gives you a sequel to the story that you weren't quite expecting. Yeah, no, a little like and a sub part of the story. Yeah, yeah. Jesus raised him from the dead. That's not necessarily it's a good not, thing. That's yeah. not the end of the story. Yeah, it's it. So I I really did like that character yeah. in there, and, and that kind of I really get you thinking. Yeah. yeah. So what did you think about the rest of the story? Uh, you know what? I thought I, I honestly I thought it was a bit cruel. Oh, okay. Because you've had a number of these guys who get their they get their soul taken, and this is all part of a game. Then they have to walk for nine months with this angel, who all of them fall in love with. The whole purpose of the walk is to fall in love with the angel. That's the only purpose of the walk. And then you have, at the end, you have to choose. And at the end, you're, you're yourself and you the either one you are love. selfish yeah, yeah. or self uh, selfless. Mm -hmm. Either one. Nobody has ever been selfless. Even the devil loves Laurel. Yeah. Even the devil. And he won't Why do you. you keep doing this? Uh -huh. He asks her that. You know, you can, yeah. you can end this now. Why do you? And she's just talking about how much pain it causes her. Yeah. Because after this, after the crucifixion and after all the pain, she goes to the happy place. And then she sits she in the happy place until she, she has to come again. again. Yeah. And then she leaves heaven to go through this process again. And I think that she falls in love with them. I think that she, I think in that nine-month walk, falls in love with every one of them. Yes. And then to be... be not betrayed, but let down by them. To be betrayed. No, no, it's, she's no, it's, betrayed. No, betrayed. No, she's, no, no one, up until yeah. up until Gray, they, she's yeah, betrayed she, every time. Yeah, she, but she also, as she's walking through, knows and loves each one of these demons who are the men. Yeah. Okay. Those, yeah. They, they all the, the men have been previous. So they've all betrayed her. Yeah. 
and she has to continually i mean she spends nine months falling in love with another man who's falling in love with her yeah. who they can never be together and then she's got to fight off previous loves who are trying to yes try and coerce him into being and they give you that in the scene where the one guy isn't quite the man yeah, yeah. you know and and he's tipping her off and you also wonder because there's the three times she has to ask the question do you want me to end this yeah Mm-hmm. How many of them ended it? At what point? Yeah, yeah. That she had to kill. Yeah, because she, she, the way she kind of alludes to was she's done it before. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah, and and that there are others. It's not just her. Yeah, that takes them for this walk. Yeah, yeah. That, that there yeah. are other angels who do this. Yeah. But you get the feeling, especially when you get to the devil. This is the devil's favorite. And okay. that he is in love with her, and just please God, stop doing this to uh, yourself. You yeah. all you have to do is say the word, and we can make this end. Please do it, because it hurts the devil to see her going through this, to have to play this well, game every he time. He was an angel too, so yeah. Right. Oh yeah. So 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 it, it, I I always got the feeling that Laura was one of the rebellious angels. That all these were, and this is their penance for rebelling oh, against be. God, <clears throat> is the fact that they have to go through this. That's excellent. And you also had the fact that rebelled because of man and the jealousy of men that they, they grow to love the man and then they're betrayed by him. So I, I, I got that. That's what I got out of it when I read it the first time. And I, I, liked, I like the subtle little things too, like the way you communicate is a payphone because they've fallen in, into, yeah. Yeah, they've yeah. fallen into you know, knowing what they are or where they are. His, it's his, all little subtle things like that. His depiction of the the place between them was phenomenal. Oh, the desert with the whole with all the campfires. All the people yeah. who who aren't going to leave the campfire, and yeah. then all of a sudden you go up and you see all the campfires. Yeah, so yeah, that basically they, they get through the yeah they're going through the deserts of the southwest on their way, and they stumble across a a group of people around a campfire who are saying like, oh, you know, they're all there for for, for they've all fallen through the cracks for a variety of reasons. But they're all huddled around this campfire, and they won't go up past the light of the campfire because people never come back. Because yeah. people never come back, and then as they journey through the desert, there's just endless number of these little circles who you assume are just the same. The same. Yeah, it's yeah. all the same thing, and they don't realize that everybody else is there, yeah. there's all these other people yeah. in the same kind of situation as that, which was a, a, an interesting allegory for like humanity. Yes. Know? Yes. He throws a lot. Of, he, the way he handles the story in that aspect of it. Just really well done. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's it's definitely and Keith, I see why that you recommend this because it's it's about as deep a comic as I've ever read. It, it can be read on so many different yeah. levels. If, if you if you really want to dig into it, it's a much deeper thing. But it's actually a good story regardless. I just think, yeah, the more you, the more you peel it back, the better it is. Yeah, I I, I really think. And that's you know, Szczynski's always been a strong writer in my yeah. opinion. And he's got, yes. he always has good character. He always yeah. has good characters and yes, he's got an interesting way of looking at things. Yes, he really does. He's got a, a perspective that you don't. Well, yeah, and apparently that that derives from this really horrible childhood that he yeah. has or whatever. I no, wonder if that we is. all got a story. And yeah, we all got a story, but then in the trade there's like a little excerpt number zero. I don't know if you. you I did. I did not read that, but you would kind Which of kind of touched cool, on it because it's all the unfinished things. You know, it's like got uh, it's got Lennon's unfinished songs, and and it's got and this guy who's a guardian of it, <clears throat> and they come about it, and they have to fend off the, the men, men from from from. Destroying all these unfinished, unfinished works. things. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's um. 
It's actually yeah, a really, I, I it's a really cool, read that, it's a really cool little story. It was oh. actually number zero, I think. Yeah, it's number hand. zero, oh, okay. and and it, it really is. It good. is really good. Okay, yeah. I have to go back and oh, read yeah. that. Oh yeah, it's. It, I, you know what? I can it's, see why it wasn't in the story. Because it has nothing to do with. But it. after you finish the story, it's a nice little, yes. like little kick, like epilogue. Oh, you could explore that. Yeah, oh, or, yeah, yeah. I mean, that would be a Sandman like. But again, he he made this as a one complete story. It, it wasn't meant to be anything else. I mean, I think it. The illustrations and are beautiful. I'm a big Gary Frank fan, though. He didn't draw that. He didn't no, he didn't draw that. That was uh, was that uh, Jill Thompson? Let's say, I could be wrong. I don't remember. I'll, I, but I, I want to say it was Jill Thompson, but I'm not. I sure. picked it up because I thought it was Gary Frank, and I was very, uh, very much disappointed. No, I wasn't disappointed. The art's beautiful. Just a really well done story. It's. Oh, yeah. I have to read that. Yeah, yeah. It, it, All right. So uh, being a deep comic. Keith, obviously, you you like it because you recommend it to I people. I like it, and what's really cool is it's a great book for non-comic people. Uh-huh. It, you know, because it, it doesn't. It's the exact. It's the reason you weren't really drawn to it to right. begin with. Is it's it's not a superhero story. Right. It's a it's a more human story, and I actually, Kathy, my wife, loves that book. She recommends it to everyone, and I never had anyone come back and go, "What the hell was that?" Uh-huh. So. Yeah, I I, lo- I like it a lot for many reasons. All right, yeah, and again, me being primarily a superhero guy or a crime a crime guy or whatever, this was like I said a, a little bit deeper than I normally go with a comic or whatever. Again, I'm glad I read it. I'm glad that I got the context of it from the afterwards by Straczynski and the made again made it more of a an enjoyable read. Am I ever going to read it again? Probably not. Kind of thought it was. Uh, it was good for what it was, but once I, once I digested it, it's like, eh, okay. Brian, did you have a, an overall opinion on this? Or? Uh, you know what? I probably will read it again because there's a lot in there, and I'm sure that uh, I read it quick. If you go into it with read, read Straczynski's story, then go into read it, it it's much deeper. It, again, it, it yeah, has, maybe I will it's read a, it again. It's a, it's a layered story. It really is. It, you know, it can be read on so many different levels. Michael Zuli. Michael Suley, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, I, I, there's a lot to explore. It, it, it's a book that makes you feel. I really, I, you know what? I, there were like when when he comes up over the ridge and you see all the campfires. Yeah, uh, you're thinking about your own stuff again. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought the ending of it. There's a lot he left on the table. I thought, and the religious part was a little heavy-handed at points. But, well, the devil kind of gives you the whole. The standard, well, this is why humanity sucks speech, you know. And well, he makes a really it's a good sales, point. It's a sales pitch. It, it, it really yeah. is. But it's haven't a, you heard that in a million times other other ones? Yes. But he, he I don't does know it if well. I've heard it as well there you go. in one. I mean, yeah, over, okay. over a bunch of them together, it, it, it seems like, yeah, you probably He put it together really well. It was a great sales pitch. Yes. They really don't go into... Um, it... it it doesn't have a Christian feel to it. Oh no, I didn't get the. No, I, just, no. I didn't get the, he, he, he just didn't get it was being preachy or Christian right. or anything like that. I thought it was just more of a spiritual journey than anything. He isn't. He isn't. You know, slamming God when he's doing his wholesale. No, pitch. it's more like this is what you know. You you're meant to be. Yeah, uh, yeah. It isn't. Uh, yeah, it doesn't. And there's not a point. But it, you don't get a Christian feel from it. Uh, so there's not a religious. What well, is an obvious religious aspect? Well, it's, it's I, not, like I said, I think it's more spiritual than religious. There you so. go, spiritual. Um, that's a better word. But uh, again, I, I thought that the story was kind of cruel. 
Oh, it's a, it's a it's a sad story regardless. No matter what, nobody's winning in this. And then and then the ending, like I said, he left a lot on the table yeah. because he leaves with his ex-wife, who he saves. Yes. So there's obviously a ton of love to save this person enough so that you could break all the rules of this in between yeah. world. Well, to go see her was breaking a rule. Right, but but for her to see him. Yeah. Was not supposed to no, be able to no. happen. Mm. So I His mean, there's obviously her, yes. yes, it and was so great. Him, yeah. And then he gets together with her, and through the whole thing, even though he's falling in love with Laurel, he's lamenting at how shitty he treated this person yes. yeah. who really loved him, and he sees that. And so you get, you get kind of this cruel. He gets he gets in touch with this love that he feels for this other person, and how bad he was, and how much he wants to make that up, while he's falling in love with another woman. That he cannot have, that ends up being taken from him, and the only thing he ever gets is a thank you. Yeah. From uh, from probably the greatest sacrifice that any person will ever make for another human being, uh, he gets a thank you, and that's all he can get. But they don't tell what happens to him and his ex-wife. No, they don't. They yeah, don't did well, he they live? Don't, they live that. They live that open, kind of open ended. Yeah, or whatever. I mean, they left it. They left the hospital together. Yeah, yeah. So, but, but they do have him later on where he meets himself. Yes, he meets him an older version of himself in the story, which is great. <laughs> which is that was really so cool, well done. Yes, yes, and that they go back at the very end and have him the older self getting in the car with Lazarus. Yes, and I thought that was that was a really cool ending. Right, but I still thought that you, because yeah, you, you don't know what happens with his wife. No, or, you know that a great deal of time has passed, and yeah. he still says she's in there, isn't she? Because all he wants to do is see her. Yeah, and he knows he can't. So I, I'm there's there's a lot of cruel to the story oh, yeah. that I I don't know. Yeah, you didn't maybe you didn't care for it or whatever. I guess it I'd have to come. It's different than most stories. I, uh, yeah, I was going to say, I, I think I have to come to grips with it mm. because, yeah, it was an emotional reaction where you yeah. really kind of feel for the guy and think, you know, you really got fucked over. Well, you feel for everyone. It, you know, you start feeling more for his ex wife. Yeah. For, you feel for Laurel. You, it's just like you do. You grow attachments to these characters, mm -hmm. which I think is, is really a well done. Of a really good writer. Yeah. You care what, about the character when they're not on the page. Okay. All right, so that sounds like a positive review from you. Yeah. Okay. Well, that is our review of Midnight Nation. Come Are we going to star it? We can start. We can we start if you want. We don't have to start it, but go ahead. What's your star thumbs rating? Up, thumbs down. I'd give it a four. A four stars. I I would probably give it a four, four and a half. I'd give it a five on the art. <laughs> okay. Well, you're the art guy, so picture guy gives it five, four, four and a half, whatever. All right, being the words guy, I'm going to give it like. I'm gonna give it a three and a half on the on the initial reading. I'm gonna give it a four when I found out the deeper meaning behind it. And again, hey, like I said, Keith recommends it to people who don't normally read comics. So if you're listening to this and you want to check it out, come on down to Keith's Comics and and yeah. pick it up. He'll hook you up. And if you guys have anything you want us to review, get in contact with us and give us some ideas too. That's a really good idea. That's a really good idea. Hit us up on Facebook and yeah. Twitter. Wait, I don't care what they think. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we are introducing a new segment to the program. It is the Three Old Geeks Top 3 Lists, and we're going to cover a variety of subjects on this. And, and I decided on a top three list because 
if I say pick your top three, Brian will probably come up with his top nine. <laughs> so we're gonna try to limit him in his creative uh, his creative gift. <laughs> he is gifted. <laughs> he is gifted. I'm special. Uh, but anyways, considering the times we are currently living in, uh, with, uh, you know, we're sitting here on a Sunday where we normally would have people and, uh, you know, it's, uh, kind of weird out there. I thought I would touch on the top three dystopian post-apocalyptic, apocalyptic movies of that, uh, you know, that come to mind here are your favorites. I'll throw one out there, the original Night of the Living Dead. Oh, I think that that and again we touched on this as far as the cult the, the cult movie issue we touched on it, but the granddaddy of all zombie movies, you know uh, Romero's you know kind of statement, a symbol of the times I think because the the main the main hero was black and you know at the I mean and again if I have to spoil if I if I have to call spoiler in front of this I mean he gets killed at the end by essentially a rednecks <sighs> yeah. But, um, you know, the kind of the prototype uh, zombie movie, I don't think, you know, anybody would even have the idea without that film. Uh, but, you know, and then and the way that it was touched on with, like, you know, the, 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 the first movie I can remember where people, you know, there was, like, TV broadcasts talking about the dead rising from the grave and what you should do and the armies involved and all this other kind of stuff. You know, I, I thought that that was not only the prototype t- typical... Uh, zombie movie, but one of the prototypical kind of apocalyptic movies or something like that. You know, the, what I really enjoy about it, and I, and I enjoy the, about this about all these kind of films, is when you can take something that's happening, there's two ways to go with it. Yeah. You either take a worldwide thing that's happening and tell a small story, mm-hmm. which he does so brilliantly yeah. in this. Yeah. Um, or you, you go worldwide with it, like World War Z. World War Z. Yeah. Uh, which I didn't think was nearly as good uh well it wasn't it, it's hard to get better uh in zombie land uh i like that movie too but no yeah zombie double tap, zombie <laughs> double tap. yeah i the, the I, I i think it came out at the right time i think black and white is really yeah the black and white is what sells it on that one it makes it feel like an old monster movie yeah i think it works better you got the 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 daughter the creepy daughter oh that that was weird that was one of the first times you see a kid like that yeah that would that makes it even more well no i mean and think about if you think about that through the lens of the times i mean they were showing like people you know like zombies eating people's guts and stuff like that i mean this must have been shocking when did it come out Sixty. I want sixty-eight or sixty-nine. I want to say sixty-eight. Yeah, see, because I was little then, so I don't, I don't have a context of the times to yeah. put it in. Yeah, I don't really either. I, I'm not that much older than you. Don't give me that lecture. <laughs> All right, Keith, what, what, what do you got as far as uh, one of your top threes? Oh, that's a, that's a really good one. I see mine. Mine were. I was going more. My my top the top three I really enjoy that probably nobody knows. Okay, well, I, dude, I'm I, I'm all for bit, that if I can I learn mean, something. I mean, you got stuff like Steel Dawn. Love that movie. With, with, yeah, which which okay, I'm Steel Dawn, Patrick Swayze, and you didn't see Steel Dawn. Who's who's the girl on that? Oh, now that you're, is he like sort of like a prototype? Jennifer Gray. Prototype Jennifer Gray. That's it. Yeah, uh, kind of like a samurai in the yeah, like the, yeah. the post-apocalypse. Got, world. I think I have seen that. Yeah, they're actually. high school kids. Oh, is it high school kids? Yeah, they're the Wolverines. No, no, no. It's Red Dawn. Oh, that's Red Dawn. He's in so many Dawn movies. And oh, get, get fuck. It. 
Steel? That's the samurai one. Yes. 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 <laughs> they don't go to high school in that one. I'm like Brian's got and it. It's and not it's Jennifer like, Gray because no, Jennifer no, Gray I is. Say, in, wasn't, I didn't think it was Jennifer Gray, but I'm like, okay. Uh, okay. So Patrick Swayze kind of is a yeah, puzzle up. Yeah. Yes. Like samurai. Yeah. Wearing the white fucking head, headband. headband. <laughs> It, it's it, it, again. It's against mutants and stuff. Yeah, I, mean, it, it, I think I have. I actually think I've seen that once, and now I need to go see that again because I remember it, it being awesome. It's a really fun movie. That that yeah. That's set in you know. The it's end his of the wife, Lisa Nemi. Okay, I... which could be Naomi, but I don't know. Yeah. I just always. But anyway, that, that was one of the movies I really remember liking. I, I can't give you specifics on it because I probably haven't seen it in years. I don't no, I don't even think it's out on watch video. Party or something like that. Yeah, yeah. We'll have yeah. to dig that up. Brian, what do you got? Uh, you know what? The first one that came to mind, and that's really how I think you got to do this, is just what's the first one, which was Escape from New York. Well, yeah. Uh, okay. Snake yeah, yeah. Plissken. Yeah, I've gone on uh, that. So. <laughs> I remember when that film was coming out. I remember Starlog had, there was so yeah. much going on yeah. with uh, just Kurt Russell. It was a big comeback for Kurt Russell. Yeah, well, no, I think he really, um, he was really playing against type because, I mean, he was... The Disney guy. He was yeah, the Disney yeah. guy. He played Peter Elvis and stuff shoes. like yeah. that. Yeah, and, and he really did, he really, I mean, well, talk about an indelible character. Yeah. I mean, you know, Snake Plissken is like the, what, the post-apocalyptic warrior to, like, our generation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the one that sticks with us the, the most, I think. I mean, and, and everything about that was, everything about that... Um, like made sense. Yeah, like you know, it's something it's like, you can believe could happen. They, exactly, they, they well, turned that, Manhattan into a prison. Exactly, because <laughs> New York was so so shitty yeah. at the time. Yes, you know that that you know. Well, the hell with it. We'll just we'll cut bait and, and yeah. just turn it into a prison and stick everybody in yep. there. Yep, basically became Australia. Yeah, yeah, no, and then no, it's um, something you could see happening. My so fun that, fact out of that was that Donald Pleasance actually came up with a backstory of why the president of the United States had an English accent, and I've always I've. I've searched for that, and I've never been able to find that. I, and it's one of those things, like, if I could ever find that his write-up of why the the president had a British accent, I, I'm dying to hear that. God, wow. I wish we had some kind of a... No, I've looked, dude, I've done, I have seriously done searches on that, and I have, have never found it. Have you checked to make it. sure it was any special features on any DVDs I, or I have, or... I have every version of this one, and... You I, do not. You have Laserdisc? Well, if you got, I, you I have, have laser Laserdisc. Disc. Okay. I, I, I think I have the beta. I'm still. Too. I can't believe I mixed up Red Dot and Steel Dot. <laughs> <laughs> God, I'm a fucking idiot. All right. Um. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't quite a dystopian thing. <laughs> but, but, you know. God, I'm an idiot. Uh, okay, so there's a so there's a big one right there. Uh, if you want to talk about one, like, you're, Keith, you're reaching for, for more of the obscure ones. Have you guys, I mean, and I know, Brian, you're a big Bakshi fan. Have you ever seen Wizards? Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's oh, that, yeah. that's yeah. easily one of my top threes. I remember watching that with my little brother on, like, HBO or something like that. And just, I mean, and again, talk about a really intriguing premise of, you know, post, you know post-nuclear war world where, like, the elves and the dwarves and wizards all came back, but then there was still... You know, machine guns and tanks and stuff like that. I and didn't even think of that. Did that make our cult anime. list? It made mine. Okay. okay. It made mine. Actually, when yeah. we did our own individual ones. Yeah. Uh, and actually, that's one of the reasons I even thought of this subject was, boy, I hadn't seen that in a while. Yeah. But, um, like, the, and, and Bakshi's designs in that were so crazy because it was very, like, it was almost like, 
Fritz the Cat kind of it cartoony was, in it some respects. Hodgepodge. Everything yeah. was hodgepodge together. Yeah. And then, and really... then like, the women were really, like, Rubenesque and really, you know, yes. good-looking and stuff yeah. like that. And then he did all the rotoscoping with all, like, the Nazi propaganda and stuff like that. But I thought that was, like, a really interesting take on uh, on the, uh, post-apocalyptic society type of a thing. I totally yeah, that agree. was... I had a buddy of mine who, who uh, in high school... For Halloween, dressed up as ninety nine. Oh, dude! In a perfect, in a perfect ninety nine <clears throat> costume. Oh, dude! Wow. I'd love to see. If yeah. you had a picture of that, I'd love to see that, dude. You can probably find it, but all right, Keith, what do you what do you got? Uh, one of my other ones was, and and again, going obscure stuff. Night of the Comet. Okay, yeah. I remember Night of the Comet. You do? Who's in that, Brian? <laughs> Patrick Swayze. <laughs> I wish no. you'd pick a movie that wasn't Patrick Swayze. <laughs> but he's in all the good ones. No, he wasn't in that. It's basically comic comes by and causes this phenomenon that, that more or less turns people into zombies, which after a while they, they turn to dust. Or, or they turn to dust. Turn some people to dust and other people into zombies. And focus on the, the girl who worked at a, a movie theater who's supposed to be seeing her boyfriend and her boyfriend stands her up and she, they got it, it. It's don't they live out of a mall or something like that? Or am I getting that? No, that's day, that's day, day of the Dead. dead. All right, which, okay. which, yes. is, which is a great one too. But that's a sequel to Dawn, um, Night of the Living Dead, sort of. Um, it's just it, it's one of those kitschy things. It, it I probably remember it being better than it is. Um, it's uh, Mary no Catherine Mary Catherine Stewart. Mary, Catherine Mary yeah, Stewart. And, yeah, and I would not have. And uh, um, the blonde is Deborah or something. Kelly Maroney. Ke- okay, Kelly Maroney. I'm Deborah, but, uh, not Deborah at all. I I probably have not seen it in two decades at least. Well, I, I probably haven't seen it over a decade. But I but would have it's, seen it's it, one, one and ones. I did see it because of Catherine Mary Stewart. Yeah. And because uh, she was just fucking hot. <laughs> Really? If you see movies for any other reason? No. Okay. Why would I? You don't even seem to be one of Brian's primary Cause, motivations cause in life. Because there's here. so many trolls in movies, so you probably see all the movies. <laughs> you know what? The '80s were great for uh, booby bimbo flicks. They just that was. But there the, was. I don't think there was any nudity. No, in this disappointingly. Film. <laughs> but okay. she was worth looking at. But it, it was a fun little movie yes. about about two girl the, these sisters trying to survive. And there's apocalypse thing, and it was, it was, basically the anti Buffy, because <laughs> they were running. It was, first of all, they didn't know what was going on, and then they, yeah, they started freaking out. Okay, so it came out when I was eighteen. Oh, did you think with anything except for your dick when you were eighteen? <laughs> Do you think with anything else? <laughs> I was going to say, and and what's changed in you? I've grown in other ways. <laughs> Great. <laughs> other, I collect comic books and statues <laughs> of Harley. Of Harley Quinn. <laughs> He's sitting right next to Power Girl Adam Hughes statue. And I have never questioned why her boobs are so big. Ever. Who, uh, Power Girl? Or why there's a boob window. Never. <laughs> what about this is surprising to you? That's just nothing. The, the, her foes. Seriously. I'm sorry, we're way off target. Yeah, we're way I'm off target. Here. Brian, do you have a second favorite? I'm going to go with normal stuff after this. I'm done with this weird stuff that throws you into a, hey, that she was in that. Um, you know what? I would throw out um, Mad Max Fury Road. 
Okay. Okay. I think all the Mad Maxes. Yeah, I, 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 I haven't thrown out my top one yet. I thought I thought someone was Fury Road. Those. Fury Road. Uh, I did not. I, I. Tom Hardy's portrayal of Max. You know what? I went into that thinking he was just going to do an, an imitation of like Mel Gibson, and he did. No, but I miss Mel Gibson. I did miss Mel Gibson in that. But it was more like he was—he wasn't doing an imitation of Mel Gibson. He was doing an imitation of the Road Warrior. Yeah, Mel Gibson brought a humanity to the role. Yeah, there's a struggle that you get with Mel Gibson about um, releasing his humanity to do certain things, and, and there's a struggle there that you always see yeah. within him, which uh, which is why I think Mad Max was so popular. Well, especially since he was a cop to begin with. Yeah. So he, he, he had that right and wrong, and he, he had to do wrong at some points because there's only way to survive, but you can tell he's conflicted about yes. doing those wrongs. Yes. So I, I think that, that lent a lot to the character. Yeah, that, that Tom Hardy just didn't have. Yeah. I thought that uh, Charlize Theron, and you talk about, or Theron, yeah, she's just a boner walking. But, no, you know what, it's the mark of a woman who looks like that. Oh, no. That I, you completely let, th- I, that doesn't ever, it never enters into it. You never go, oh, my God, she's so beautiful. You're so into the character. Oh, yeah, no, and that's why I think uh, she is one of the, the best actresses out, out there running yeah. right now. Because, yeah. dude, she is, to, to sound like the horny idiot Brian over here, she is one of the most stunning women in the world. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And to, for her to come across as Furiosa... Was just inc- never in one moment do you think, oh, this is one of the most. This is you know Charlie Stern the one. You're like that's Furiosa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You completely. Yeah, and you're right, monster. There's a, there's a, a load, but she does that for every role. Yeah. yeah, she is just so talented. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, she carries that film. Yeah, and my and, personal opinion. And the the thing that I always the even the entire Mad Max series is. They always take a new aspect of the post-apocalyptic world, some resource, some, you yeah. know, something that everybody, gas, uh, fuel, you know, pig shit or whatever, water. I mean, and this one was water, and it was mm-hmm. like, well, you know, and, and the action scenes are, are, are unbelievable, and they're mm-hmm. all, there's, there's not, a, you know, with the exception of like the sandstorm or something, it ain't digital. Which I have the utmost respect for, because that's the movies that I grew up with. But like the the whole like they open they literally open the floodgates, and there's like that ecstasy of like the 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 people getting yeah. water for free for the first time, and it's like amazing. Yeah. On top of that, you load that with the added, you know, com- the quote unquote, and I'm using air quotes here, commodity of of women that can bear children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a whole nother level. Amazing. I mean, add all that together and then shoot it beautifully. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yes, just just George Mill and George Miller. Just you know, his his credentials as a director and an action, especially as an action director, are just impeccable. It's just incredible the action and the the cultures and everything he throws. Yeah, in. Like, it's creating the world. Yeah, yeah just, it's, it's world creating. It's yeah. not just um, it's not oh, there's a nuclear bomb and look at this person's ugly and then you have. The beautiful woman yeah. in the uh, steel bikini, and then you have Patrick Swayze in a white headband, 
uh, and they're all clean, and they're all... Are you insulting my choices? <laughs> no, what Are I'm... you making fun of my choices, no, Red not Dog at all. Boy? What I am saying, what I am saying is, is that uh, what's different in the Mad Max movies is that he created a world well, yes. that has a depth to it. Oh, yeah, absolutely, no. These people inhabit this world, and, and you get that. Uh, with a lot of post-apocalyptic movies, yeah. you no. get... You don't... No, you don't. No, the the good ones are the ones that do build the... That you don't notice. Yeah. You don't notice that they're inhabiting a world. You 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 just buy into it. Yeah. Uh, it's Tim Burton directing the first Batman movie. Yeah. He creates a Gotham that's off. It's not realistic, yeah. but you completely buy into it. Yeah. Beetlejuice. Completely buy into the world. Tim Burton is just a master at... Yeah. No, and George Miller's the same way, I yeah. think, especially in, in, in the scope of that movie. Now, quick question to you, Mr. Uh, film credits guy. guy. Credits guy. Okay. Film guy. Is it actually, is that supposed to be Max from the other movies? Because I heard someone say that it's, it was supposed to be the kid from the from the Road Warrior movie. I have, I never read anything differently, what, but that would say, make it even what's, more interesting. What's in the credits? Because, yeah, because it means Tom Hardy looks younger than... than Mel Gibson was. I had this never was heard place that, but now, the, damn. Not true. in the original. Mel Gibson looks like he's 12 oh, no, yeah, in but, the but first I, I'm, Mad Max I'm talking movie. about the, the, the Road Warrior. No, the kid, and, the, the kid and, from and the Road Thunder Warrior. And Thunderdome, too. Yeah. yeah, the kid from Road Warrior. Someone had told me that they, they thought they read somewhere that it was supposed to be a kid from Road oh, Warrior. Oh, I had not read that. So I, I, I don't, Geez, now i got to look that up. And I don't I, know. Because I'd even make some that, more. That would make it better. Yeah, I know. Because it he doesn't... Fit the Mel Gibson right. that you're saying here. Yeah. Whereas if it's a different character, maybe that's why he speaks less. And I'm wow, yeah. And if that, that's an interesting thought. Yeah, I don't know if someone told me that. I have no idea where they read it. I didn't dig that much deeper. But I figured I know you. You're one of the guys who sits and reads the credits. Uh, I, yeah, I know. I, I never heard that. No, that's I, really I didn't know if it said Max or whatever. you know he's credited as Max. Okay. Which does not necessarily mean that it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Because he would have taken the name. Okay. I seriously. It's just, it's just I, a thought. I think it'd be cooler that way. Uh, I, when I heard that, I went, "Wow, that's that's really cool." And I I know you you're on the internet all the time, and you're the movie guy, so I figured one of you might know. <laughs> but you're useless. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> all right. <laughs> She's kidding. Well, Did I'll... you know? You know what? I'm gonna look now. Okay. <laughs> because checking the credits. I didn't know that Max had a last name. Really? Yeah. Well, he had a he had a last name in the first. And in, in, in was it Rock and Tansky? Yeah, I think it was actually. Then okay. it's him. Okay. Okay, it makes less sense then, but it's okay. I I really like that especially idea. Especially if you're doing world, if you're talking world building, I think it'd make more sense to have him be the kid. And whoever said that to me, I went, "Oh, that'd be that's cool." That's um. And that's the way I've watched the last few times after that. All right. Well, I'll throw my third one out there, and I don't know if it's it's a little bit more obscure than than the big ones here, but Logan's Run, loved that, it. That's not obscure. I don't. Yeah, it might be obscure for somebody who's not a hardcore science fiction fan, but I thought that that one was like, well, first of all, it reminded me of like it was filmed in like Woodfield Mall in like the nineteen seventies because that's ex- I like remember being a kid like yeah. they filmed this at Woodfield Mall, but um, the whole concept of you you know. You, you you have a, a, a set amount of habitable space, so you can't have an overpopulation. So, you know, you, get the, to live to be, you only get to live to be 38 or whatever yeah, it is or whatever. What is 30? I want to say 30. Was, is it 30? Yeah, I was going to say it's 30. And then um, 
the whole I always remember like the the carousel sequence. The first time I saw that when I was a kid, like that freaked me out, man. And it was like, and but the 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 idea of like these people buying into like oh they're gonna be resurrected and yeah, and yeah, stuff like yeah. that, and then then when they get out and then the whole like. Uh, the Sandman and the Runners, and I will say that like the guns that they used, I thought that those were the coolest things. Like that, the, the little like the little plane jet that would yeah. come out when they shot. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. But the Sandmen and the idea of runners and stuff like that, and then getting outside uh, and figuring out like, oh, this yeah. isn't some planet or something like that. It's Earth or something like that. Um, I just I I thought it was like. I mean, it's a little dated, and and you know, it's it's got a great. It's I it's a it, I love seventies movies, so it's a little dated in that way. I think it's dated in a good way, but yeah, that's 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 my other my third one. Wow, <coughs> which, which which I'm a huge Michael York fan. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely loved him. Loved him in the seventies. Uh, it's got Jenny Auger, who plays the girl. Yeah, and uh, did, what was she in something else that I should know about? She was in a lot. Uh, American Werewolf in London. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and then she did a lot of nudity. Uh, <laughs> well, of course. How but, else would you know who she is? Uh, why would I pay attention to her? Uh, no. Uh, she was great in that. But the other thing is probably one of the most historically beautiful women. Farrah Fawcett. Farrah Fawcett. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. And just a bit part as the laser reconstructive surgery yep. nurse. And stuff oh, like yeah, that. just a but little I think it might bit have been part. Her, it might have been her first role. I think so, too. Also is um, the miniseries that came out, drawn by George Perez, who drew the first six issues. Yes. Oh, okay. There was a comic? Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Early George Perez work. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I don't remember, was it Klaus Jansen who inked him? I know whoever inked him. Klaus Jansen inked a couple. I don't know if he inked all of them. It was because he overpowers George Perez. Yeah. Oh, Uh, yeah. Klaus Jansen overpowers all of them. You tell layouts are there, but... He's... Yeah. Uh, but yeah, George Perez. It's early George Perez work. Uh, hard to find, actually. Kind of. But, um... Over on our back issues. Sorry. <laughs> I've got them all. And number six contains a Thanos appearance. Does it? Yes. I didn't early know that. Thanos appearance. Oh. But that's besides the point. So, Keith, uh, what's your... You got a third, uh... Well, my third... You know, now I'm, I'm conflicted, because I didn't even... When you went Logan's Run, first thing popped in my head was Planet of the Apes. Planet... Of the eight. Okay, we can't have. I mean, and again, that, I'm that, trying to limit this to the long, top three. I know, I know, I get it. That's a long thing. So you know what? So, that's so again. I go, I go obscure, and it's totally ridiculous, and it's it's just a stupid fun movie, starring one of my favorite guys, Frog comes to Helltown. <laughs> what the heck? It's Roddy Rowdy Roddy Piper. He has to go impregnate people. <laughs> You have never seen Frog Comes to Hell? With Sandra, no. Sa- Sandra Sandal Bergman? Sandal Bergman. From Conan? Yeah. Again, no. it's another film that I have I, not I, seen. I will and... loan it to you, but I, I have it. Of course I have it. Why wouldn't I not have oh, it? Oh, dude, yeah. No, but, I got yeah, it, it, it. So Piper's so in this? Funny. Piper's in, yeah, he's a star. I, I, would not have, I would have thought that that would have been one that yeah, you would have Dude, no, I know I, I got to see that. That surprises me. I was waiting for you to jump on that. That actually surprises me. But like I said, I went obscure. There's obviously... More popular ones. Okay, well, now tell me of, more about F- Frog Goes to Helltown. It's it's sort of like there's there's more women than guys, and and actually it's sort of like Why the Last Man, but and and they're trying to repopulate, and they're looking for virile men, and Roddy Piper. Oh, Come on, <laughs> but but it, it yeah, it, it's it's kind of this weird. 
post-apocalyptic thing where you know it's just like we're trying to repopulate the world. I haven't actually watched it. In a, we should have if we should. Have we could a, we could watch yeah. a viewing party we, or we something. Could do we'll that. Get in here early one day and do a viewing party and do a review on it or something. Yeah, because like that. that sounds awesome. It's a fun movie, and I'm glad that Brian knew it. Yeah. I figured you'd know it, and Brian would be like. But I should know there's nudity in it. I, I love, believe, I so, love yeah. learning about new movies. It depends on who's nude in it. Well, not Rodney, so you're okay. That helps. But but you can see where you got the. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> that helps. Is that it's not. Ah, uh, but uh, yeah. So I went. I went more obscure. I like. I like coming up with stuff that people might not yeah. see. Yeah. Uh, I mean, everyone's seen Mad Max. That was my first one when you said this came. Well, I mean, okay, Brian. Do you have a third one? Yeah, you know what, and we're talking our favorites, and so I, I would just go again right back to Mad Max Thunderdome. Which, I, I actually now Thunderdome. You uh, like Thunderdome better? You than like Thunderdome Warrior. better than than either Mad Max or the Road Warrior? Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. I wow. actually think that's the weakest out of all of them myself. No, there was just something. There's something I, probably about the time it came out. Yeah, the um, movie that imprinted on you. Yeah, kind of a thing. Master Blaster was cool. But... Master Blaster. No, you I have. Think... You have Tina Turner. You have Master Blaster. Which John Byrne ripped off with with uh, and uh, Claremont ripped off in uh, X Men with uh, the Sherrier. The you had the yes. You had the little robot yeah. with on top of the big robot. That was yes. That That's was, a direct yes. Sorry. It just was more memorable. The the story was more memorable to me. Really, I yeah. I would pig disagree. Shit. I would, Pig shit. I, that's the thing. I thought that that's a that's a movie of two halves. Like I thought the stuff in the whole pig shit. What's the what's the name of the city in the? Uh, I don't remember. Um, what's the, I don't remember. I mean, like it, no, but like once it got past that, like I, I can almost like once they cut Mad Max's hair, it got to me like that movie like completely lost me. It was more. It, yeah, it was it was just the imprint that it made on me at the time. The okay. music that came out was good. Yeah, no. uh, yeah, but it all added together. Probably yeah. what was going on in my life. But if you if you had to ask post apocalyptic off the top of my head, you know, and I, I think that's where we should come from. <clears throat> it's uh, yeah, okay. Well, and, and then Keith, you would you know we're you're doing obscure. Brian's doing his favorites. I was trying to do a mixture of both. You can't have a conversation about this genre without Planet of the Apes. Yeah. I mean, you know, one of the greatest endings in cinema history, one of the greatest twist endings in cinema history, however you want to quantify that. I How mean, cool that had, would that, had that had to been when you were in the theater when it came out and that happened. You're like, shit. I don't, you know, didn't, didn't actually have that when I watched it on GN or, you know, Channel thirty two on my little TV, but being in a theater yeah. and seeing the Statue of Liberty there and just going, it was Earth the whole Get time. Get your paws off me, you damn yeah. dirty! Oh, ape. dude, yeah. there that. are the quote, yeah, there are so many, uh, you know, maniacs, you maniacs, you finally did it. I mean, you there's there's so many uh, good quotable lines in that. Well, and and then again, you get into Roddy McDowell, who yes. who doesn't love Roddy McDowell? Exactly, no, the guy's one of the best ever. Um. The apes were everywhere. We snuck in to see it. We went to see something else, and my brother was like, no, we're going to see this. Yeah. And we were like, no, we want to see SpongeBob. <laughs> Shut up. You're going in to see Planet of the Apes. <laughs> well, the uh, makeup was well, no, phenomenal. I, the, the, oh. makeup, the makeup is one of those where 
Still good. It trans. No, yeah. it tra- it's literally that makeup is so transcendent. You can watch that movie. That movie is just as good watching well, yeah. it now than it was back then. It is. It does not feel dated at all. That almost became a cultural thing. Uh, just Planet of the Apes in and of itself. Oh yeah. Well, no. For it that was... period of time, because there was so much ape stuff on TV, they would come up on. Uh, Roddy McDowell would do. I don't even know how many fucking variety shows. Yeah, we come out to make and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, no, and it spawned, what, four sequels, a yes. television yes. show? Yes. And that's um, why I didn't add it in my list, too. I figured this would be a deeper dive at some point, because it is such... You had the remakes, you had, you had you know, the musical and The Simpsons. You, you, it's, been, it's, been, it's, been, it's been used so much. You know what? I, I, my, and I think that they... Um, I think they did a good job with the remakes now. Oh no! The, the remakes now. Yeah, the remakes. Are, yeah, the, 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 the middle remake. <laughs> you know what's funny? It's interesting because I went to a con at that point. They had um, out in Colorado science fiction cons. It wasn't comic cons, science fiction cons, and uh, so they had brought all of that. Rick Baker Studios had brought all their uh, Planet of the Apes stuff. So to see it all, oh, I'm sure it looked fantastic. Oh God! Yes, uh, and, it's uh, Rick and that's Baker. one of those Rick movies that, yeah. that's got. Uh, a character, the, the Tim Roth is like the just general, yeah. whatever Zod or it wasn't Zod or whatever, but general general gorilla or Monkey whatever. Zod, yeah. And he was fantastic, and then, and like the rest of the movie was like, yeah, Michael terrible. Clark Duncan yeah, in my, there. Oh yeah, no, it was it was um it was bad. Oh yeah, it was bad, and then the ending was bad. Um, there was a lot of bad to it. That being said, uh, I've seen it probably two or three times, and I would watch it again. Um, but you're a bad movie guy, so. Well, there is that. Well, so am I. Well, so am I, but. Yeah, but you're you got your cards. You don't want to lose that. You got a whole. Yeah, you got a whole. Yeah. They're, they're not going to pull my phone card from the occasional bad movies. They so. might. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and it's Tim Burton. I'm a huge Tim Burton fan, so uh, you, there's you a lot. You never of said things. that before, huh? All right, are we missing anything here? Um, I'm, I'm sure there's tons more, but. Yeah, I, like I said, you deep dive on that. We could probably do a deep dive onto zombie films. Because oh, yeah. there's a yeah. uh, hundred that, you know, Night of the Living Dead. Uh, or not, Zombieland. Return of the Living Return of the Living oh, Dead. Return I saw in the um, yes. With Linnea Quigley. Linnea Quigley. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, gee, Brian, a, a, a naked gal running around for three quarters of the movie? You, you saw, saw that? It, oh, my I God. I saw that in the theater. Yeah, they made her wear a prosthetic vagina. It's the first time. She didn't want to, but they made her wear it it's, because she had to. It's the first time they, they mentioned brains, the whole brain, uh, eating yeah. brains. You know what? Yeah, get away from Linnea Quigley for a minute, you pervert. <laughs> uh, first of all, she played a great part. Secondly, um, the the scene where the guy comes out of the barrel... That first zombie it crawls out, yeah. Oh my Rains. god, Rains. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, but the the fucking half dog barking. Oh uh, that, no, that movie yeah. was fantastic, yeah. dude. So well done. Yes. Um, and you got Zombie Land, and you got Shaun of the Dead. There's lots of stuff. Oh yeah, there's zombie. and there's some and there's some good ones too. Uh, <laughs> I'm like not Shaun, a big zombie movie you're like fan. Like Shaun of the Dead. Uh, if you haven't seen Train from Busan. Go home tonight and watch it. Uh, yeah, it's no, probably heard... the best zombie flick I've ever seen. And what, it's... What's that on? I don't know. It okay. used to be on Netflix. Okay. It was on Netflix. Uh, but the that's tension cr- never stops in that movie. Yeah, yes, it's, it's Korean. Korean. 
the tension never stops. It just... Uh, I was married before. I don't need to yeah. do uh, Return of the Living Dead 2. Don't go. Don't don't bother. Uh, I got stupid. Return of the Living Dead 2. There was a second one? Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> don't yeah. think I saw that. Don't do that. I know I didn't see that. You know what? But you might enjoy it. There was a British BBC show where they were filming like Big Brother when the zombie thing hits. I, yes. It's called The Set, I think. Yes. It is. That, and that was really that good. That was really good and fun. That That's one of those weird ones I have on DVD. So if, it was, was kind of cool because it's all focused around the Big Brother set where they're all sealed in. Mm. So they don't know what the shit's going on. And then all of a sudden it starts creeping in. It, it, it's, actually, it's good. It's actually. Um, in the Flesh. Have you ever seen that? No. It's a British series. You know what? My personal feeling is, if you're going to do Frankenstein, do something on Frankenstein we haven't fucking seen. Don't do the same shit. Don't remake the first movie. It was brilliant. Just stop. Yeah. Do something on the character we haven't seen. Werewolf, same thing. Ginger Snaps, brilliant little uh, different take on it. In the Flesh is, um, it's a British series. I think it only ran for two seasons. Because that's how British things do. And there's three episodes per season. It's after the zombie apocalypse when they've come up with the cure. Ah. And they've cured the zombies. Oh, nice. But everybody still has memories of zombies so like sti- eating their families yeah, and, and shit. And so there's a stigma attached to the people who've been yes, cured type of thing. huge. Okay. Wow. And, and they have to take a drug and, and nobody trusts them. That's cool. Fun little series. Wow. Yeah. To watch and it follows a guy who's a cured zombie uh a kid really good and he has memories coming back of when he first turned and oh nice uh, yeah it's 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 a good little and it's a it's a great little societal take on some things that you just don't see coming so in the flesh all right well our first <laughs> my first attempt at limiting this to a top three list Phil and, and, and uh, I guess, uh, partial, partial success. <laughs> We're supposed to limit to two minutes. Turned into a, <laughs> you turned into a bit of a deep dive, but uh, we are adding this as a regular feature, so if you guys got anything you'd like to suggest for a top three list for the Three Old Geeks, let us know on Facebook and Twitter, and hey, thanks for listening. And what's becoming a tradition on the Three Old Geeks podcast, Keith got the name of the movie he recommended wrong. It is uh, Hell Comes to Frogtown, just for all you completists out there, so no no prizes. Thanks for listening.